So the cool thing about homeschooling is you can find some of those holes that you had in your own education Mm -hmm. and learn right there with your kids on those things. Like, for example, I never learned Len. Thanks, mom. Never taught me. But this is something really fun I get to do with my kids. We're learning all these things together. And I'm having even probably more fun than I would have if I learned it in high school. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash Into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. Welcome. We are continuing our talk about homeschooling. That's right. Questions, answers for newbies, non-newbies, but People interested in homeschool. Yeah. So these are some of the questions that I've gotten for a lot, just over and over, frequent questions. And I thought it would be worth it to go over them and talk about our perspective. Some of them are kind of myths about homeschooling and some of them are just really solid questions. Right. So I think a really obvious one is for people that are a little overwhelmed with being in the teaching position because they feel like, if I don't have the degree and the credentials and the um, experience, then what am I doing trying to teach? Exactly. Exactly. And I think the thing I always say is, don't you remember? I mean, it's easy to compare how it is in public school, right? Right. If that's kind of the standard you're used to is public mm-hmm. school. Yes. So if you're comparing, like, don't you remember you had like your, the coach was teaching like science, you know, like (laughs) it's not like the teachers are like experts in their fields, right? (laughs) So it's, it's totally doable to learn enough to teach at these levels. It's totally doable. Yeah. Don't you find that you learn right along with those children? Yeah. It's a a beautiful experience. Right. It's one of the best parts about homeschool is, you know, every education has holes. There's no one has an education where everything was filled in perfectly. And that's why education is a lifetime pursuit. That's right. And so we don't need to think of it as you have to have everything learned ever. And then that's it. That's not Mm -hmm. what we want. So the cool thing about homeschooling is you can find some of those holes that you had in your own education Mm -hmm. and learn right there with your kids on those things. Like, for example, I never learned Len. Thanks, mom. Never taught me. But this is something really fun I get to do with my kids. We're learning all these things together. And I'm having even probably more fun I would have than I would have if I learned it in yes. high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. I think the main thing is if you have that heart for teaching your children and you enjoy seeing those aha moments. And then especially those moments when, you know, you have the beautiful music in the background. This doesn't happen on the first day, okay? You have the beautiful music in the background. You have to go upstairs to do something. You come back downstairs and your children are happily engaged in their learning process. It's like a little piece of heaven. Mm. Come down and catch your breath because you think this would not have happened if our family had not chosen this path. It's just such a beautiful, powerful, unifying experience. Now, that happens, you know. 
10% of the time, 5% of the time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, it's, yeah, it could be totally amazing. So the next question is what if my kid is not obedient? And I get tons of questions about this, about kids being resistant to the parents' mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's many reasons why children would not be quote unquote obedient. So I, you know, we want to be careful um, about even what we're trying to discuss because there's a lot of things that looks like disobedience, but it may be something else. Right. Right. So some possibilities are your child is tired. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. Children will really usually do what they're able to do. There's not too many children who just say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm done for no reason. A lot of times kids can kind of hit a wall or they're overwhelmed or they're distracted or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they just won't be performing at a level that maybe they did the day before, you know. I think sometimes that's frustrating for parents is because they'll say, you know, Johnny, you're not consistent. Yeah, kids you, aren't totally consistent. Right. You did this yesterday. Yeah. What's the, and, and actually if parents can understand that children are not machines and they're, you know, they have a lot of variation in their abilities and attention and their desire, all that. That's okay. That's okay. And not to panic if some days it's just not exactly there. Okay. That's actually one of the great strengths of homeschooling is that you can customize and tailor that schedule for your child and take breaks and do those things that really meet their needs. Whereas in a group situation, that just simply is not possible. So one of my things also is a lot of times parents that say this, their, their kids are in a traditional school setting Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of, you know, quote unquote disobedience issues. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like you said, you're getting, you know, their attention after they've been so tired all day. Mm -hmm. I had all these other influences all day. And I think a lot of times once you start homeschooling, Mm -hmm. things really, you get their best energy. Yeah, for sure. You get their best energy and things can really turn around once they're in a totally different environment. Right. So there's that too. And then I think some of my best things for my kids when they get kind of resistant is one, I keep the lessons short. Right. I don't just keep going, going, going until they are obedient or they're perfect. You know, I'll just, if it's something that I think is going to be difficult for them, I try and end early on a good note and that's it. Even if we did two minutes that day, right? Like if I know spelling is tricky for one of my daughters, I'm like, we're just going to spell three words today. That's right. And that's it. We don't have to finish entire unit, unit lessons. Yeah. So that's not like my mom said, the nice thing is you can tailor it, but that's kind of a specific thing that I do. And the other thing is I rarely have really difficult, intense subjects back to back. I always like to break it up. So Mm -hmm. we'll have math and then guess what? It's nature study time. We're going to go outside and then we come back in and we do something that's a little more difficult that takes a little more. And then we'll do something fun after that that I know that they like, like handwriting is really easy for my kids. So I'll put that in as kind of like the break or we'll put. Um, reading poetry is kind of the break because that's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. right. So alternate the more strenuous demands with the less strenuous demands. That's very, very important. Don't pile everything on. Right. And the other thing that I like to do with obedience is have those obedient, those moments where they're learning to respond in an obedient way before you're sitting down in school. 
Mm-hmm. So you're training. Well, I don't know what a better mm-hmm. word is. It's training a great, them. A great word. Teaching yeah. them way before. And that's part of what a de-schooling period could do is you're kind of setting up some good habits mm-hmm. before you sit down in school. So the school isn't the only place they have to be obedient. Oh, that's And is then so they true. decide to hate it because it's the only time mom is strict. Right. Right. Yeah. So some I thoughts. think that's a really good one. Um, I think another one is in the moment when the child is just having their meltdown. You know, either they're zoning out, they're not paying attention because you, um, on some level they're saying, this is too much, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So some children will just zone out. If mom or dad says, you know, Johnny, Johnny, pay attention, Johnny, pay attention. I mean, you can do that once or twice. If this, if it, if the child is having a lot of uh, problems, um, then I, I would recommend backing off and uh, closing the book, putting your arm around the child. And just saying, hey, are things looking a little bit tough today? Just have those tender conversations instead of focusing on the behavior to see if you can get down a level into the feelings that are driving the behavior. And honestly, those tender conversations, which will never happen in a group situation, no one has time to do it. Those are what drive the bond and the attachment and the trust with you as the parent. And so when we see a child struggling, um, instead of thinking to yourself, I need to structure something so they are going to comply, okay, you can do some of that. But if this is something that is recurring or, um, you know, they're just not responding, maybe they're blowing up or melting down more, take a break and move them to a different location. Sometimes you get to carry them gently to a different location, to a sofa or something, and you cuddle up with them. You put them on your lap. You put your arm around them, wrap them in a blanket, and you just gently talk. You rock with them a little bit, and you say, yeah, I could see that was kind of overwhelming for you, and don't demand that they talk about it. Anybody that is upset often has trouble putting words to their feelings, and so don't demand you know, they need to talk about it right then. You just comfort them. You reassure them. You let them know, hey, it's all right. Everybody has times when it's a little difficult and you reassure them that you love them no matter what. You reassure them that they're worth just, they're worth the the universe, that their performance has nothing to do with their worth and they're safe with you. And you can just see those children just, mm-hmm. just the tension. You just hold them and love them maybe five minutes. It's the best five minutes you've ever spent in your life. And then it's so odd because often they'll go, okay, let's go back. Mm. You know, and, and so if you're kind of butting heads with a child, please think in terms of taking the moment just to express support, comfort, reassure them. Because one of the reasons they're getting overwhelmed is they are panicking because they're failing. And there's the implication that if you fail, you are not worth as much as someone who doesn't fail. This Mm -hmm. is a cultural phenomenon we have. Mm -hmm. So it's very powerful to them to be safe, to fail. It's, It's very powerful for them to feel very safe and loved even as they're struggling. So take those few minutes, take them out of there, hug them, hold them. Comfort them, soothe them, don't demand lots of talking, and just wait for them to feel safe, and then they'll often re-engage. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. I mean, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I've seen that work for me. Yeah, but then I I also feel like sometimes there's times when 
What was I thinking? Well, I mean, sometimes there are times you just say, hey, let's let's right. get back to and the job. One of the, one of the things I think that I do when I'm kind of like, okay, you know, we've been through the emotional mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to get this done. Mm-hmm. I'll try and figure out a way to make it lighthearted. Yes. I just feel like kids do so much better when there's something lighthearted, something right. fun, something. Right. So just be creative. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like manipulating them. It's just mm-hmm. how can we make this a little bit more sure. fun? Right. And if you can gamify a few things, yeah. because children are very, very tuned into games, that yeah. is, that's actually a wonderful way to learn. And so something that I do is, um, and I'm sure you do too, but you have that little timer next to you. We do this with math all the time. And, and in fact, what, what we can do is we say, okay, how many math problems do we have? It looks like we've got 10. All right. Well, you know, recess is supposed to be, you know, outdoor time is supposed to be, the break time is supposed to be in 20 minutes. So if you got your stuff done in two minutes for each problem, so even that's a little math problem in their mind, right? And you set that timer, you say, I mark, is that go? And now you don't put pressure like you have to get it done. It's just an opportunity, kind of gamifies it. And they love seeing how fast they can do it. And it's crazy because a lot of times instead of 20 minutes, They've got it done in nine minutes Mm. and it really helps them to see themselves as being very on task, confident, confident. I can do this. I did this. And it's just kind of fun. And you as the mom are sitting there saying, on your mark, is that, yay, you did it. Look, it was only like 42 seconds. Awesome. Super fun. So that's a fun way to kind of, and then what happens is that they learn not to waste time between problems too. It's kind of a fun thing. Important skill. yeah. 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 That's cool. What about the question of what if I get tired of being a teacher every day? Oh, yeah, that's real. I mean, if you're not getting a paycheck um, and, you you know, you don't have a support group of all your teacher colleagues in the lounge, (laughs) teacher's lounge. Right. Right. So it's a real thing. Burnout can happen. And I think uh, what do you do to stay? Well, first off, I never I don't ever look at school as I'm teaching for six hours a day Mm -hmm. like a regular school. Mm -mm. You can't Mm -mm. look at it that way Mm -mm. because that's not going to work. Anybody. Yeah. And so I try to keep my school that I do with my kids to hour and a half to two hours, really, mm-hmm. of seated time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it so much more doable. And I try to incorporate things that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that helps me to stay motivated. Mm-hmm. And then I also do, you can figure out a schedule that kind of works for you. Some people do four days a week. Mm-hmm. So then they have Friday off. And that really helps to mm-hmm. not have the burnout. Mm-hmm. I do six weeks of school and then one a week totally off. Mm-hmm. I like to have a time where I'm like just mom, like nothing else. Yes. Pretty frequently, not just in the summer. So those are a couple of things. And then also having some sort of community. I'm so busy. An actual community getting together only happens with me and my kids maybe once a month. But that's still really Mm -hmm. great to see other moms doing it and talk about ideas. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be really motivating. But also the online community. Is also motivating. As long as you're not in a comparison, mm-hmm. you feel bad kind of trap. I'm right. not in that place. I'm kind of just like, these are great ideas. I love seeing people do things. I love talking mm-hmm. to people on Instagram or whatever. That's really helpful. And I can do that anytime mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, I, those are all lovely. I Something I used to do is um, I would have structured days and then I would have creative days. So the structured days were structured. I was there in the room and we did all of the math and the things that needed the, that kind of structure 
even science concepts, geography concepts. We'd sit and read history together, those things that they needed me there for. And then um, Tuesday and Thursday would be creative days where I actually didn't show up. Oh, no, I showed up just for the opening. Okay, well, let's have the pledge. Let's have the poetry or in the scripture. And then, hey, guys, you're on your own. And they, it was up to them to do creative things. And then they would show me at the end of the day that, you know, they'd done drama, they'd done art, they'd done read books, read books. Yeah. Lots of book reading and, and that's more child directed. So it's kind of, to me, I liked it because it was the best of both worlds. It was a little bit the unschooling, but then it was also the more structured schooling. Yeah, that's cool. And so that, and it gave me a break. Yeah, something. No, I really like that. And we didn't, we didn't go on vacation, so we never needed a family <laughs> off. No, I love that. That's really cool. And I haven't seen a lot of people do that. So those would be some of my top tips for that. Mm-hmm. And also to kind of realize, like, this is your time to be friends with your kids and to, like, learn to want to be around them mm-hmm. and not always being kind of trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And I think homeschooling has helped me to be more into my children mm-hmm. does that make sense instead yes. of just being like someone else is taking care of them I do my own life I'm like involved and so we have that connection so I'm not always trying to get away can I tell does you something sense? this is true confession time <laughs> okay so I am a very project-oriented person I'm mm-hmm. naturally an introvert I could be happy reading books all day every day I've been that way since I was 12 okay I had my children and I realized that I needed a reason to really connect with them. And that is one reason I started homeschooling. You may not know that. Yeah. But I intentionally said, whoa, I could actually not see my kids for days on end. Disassociate with them. (laughs) (laughs) And so I set this up because I I knew that would kind of force me to really get close to my children. And it worked. Yeah, that's really cool. How does my child get into college? That's a huge question I hear all the time. Right. Um, if you're homeschooling through high school, this is going to be a lot uh, bigger concern. That's whole podcasts with expert I know, people. I'm kind of like, I don't know if we should get into that one. <laughs> but, but on the but other hand, seen, we can tell you, yes, yeah. absolutely. Don't Don't worry about it. It's absolutely possible as they get older. You just want to start keeping that in mind and doing the things that will yeah, you need to look up specifically, look up specifically what, what needs there's to certain happen. things that mm-hmm. need to happen. But we've seen so many homeschool kids go oh, to yeah. really great. I mean, a lot of universities yeah. really like the homeschool kids. Yeah, my, my first four children uh, didn't graduate high school and they went directly to a very good, very competitive private university. Um, so that was that. And then my last child, she... COVID really, really was tough for her. She really kind of crashed and burned on a lot of things. And so she's been, you know, working hard to make up things, but she got into a a college that she absolutely loves. It's um, classical, liberal arts, great books, discussion, writing, logic, amazing college. And it's really small and it's fantastic. It's meeting her needs. So we wouldn't have even, it, you know, we wouldn't have even been aware of it if we hadn't had to be creative and look around and say, okay, so it's not, you know, it's not going to be a the traditional big, path might not right, be the right thing. Right. Right. And so, but what a joy, what a joy. And in fact, she's reading all these books and I'm like, I never read those books. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's definitely possible. I would not worry about that. Uh, even see, even if they don't do incredibly well, See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. She really struggled and not intellectually, but just getting the work done. It was a real tough time in her life. And so, um, yeah, 
That's just no, you can do that. So what if my child dislikes homeschool? And I hear this a lot where, especially if they've been in public school or in traditional school, mm-hmm. they'll kind of be like, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I, wanna, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Well, I think there's a lot of different things going on there. You have to kind of figure out what about it is, do they dislike? You know, because if it's the social piece, they feel a little bit lonely and disconnected from their friends, then that's different than they don't really like the discipline of sex and math. Mm-hmm. See, so you have to really get what about this? What's happening? Right. And then you can do the problem solving. But once you really understand, then you can then you can problem solve. Um, one of the ways that I um, homeschooled was I did every other day. Um, this was Utah schools, so they were super flexible. But um, it was um, I'd have my child go every other day to school. I actually don't love that. My favorite was having them go in the morning and then coming home at lunchtime because then they could get Everybody had to get up and dressed and out the door and then they come home at lunchtime. They're not totally exhausted and all their friends are jealous, but they have hung out with their friends a little bit and then come home and then we do some other very important things that can work in some states. I think there's even if your state doesn't do that, which not many states do that, really. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like cottage homeschools mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. especially in high school where you go one day a week to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of options where mm-hmm. you can get that kind of social part. Right. The friend part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's routine through the sure. week, not just like a get together randomly, right? which can be really right. nice. I mean, my kids have never asked once in their life to hang out mm-hmm. with friends. So mm-hmm. my kids are not into that. <laughs> but, but along with that, I think it's okay. It's a good exercise in family leadership to sit down with that child or even the children. If, if there's a lot of pushback, um, like we hate this. Okay. Listen to your children. What, what would make it better? Yeah. And collaborate on that problem solving. You do not have to be Moses on Sinai that is handing down all the diktats. You can sit down with your kids and say, okay, I'm sensing that this is a little bit tricky, that this is not our, you know, your most happy moment right now. So help me understand and, and what suggestions might you have? When children help to solve a problem, they're highly enrolled in it. They Mm -hmm. want to make it work. And I would suggest that too, to really listen to their little hearts and help them to collaborate with you on some ideas. And And to kind of, yeah, no. And I found also when kids decide their own goals. Oh, yeah. And in that family meeting, that could be a good time. It's like, Mm -hmm. what kind of goal do you have? Mm -hmm. And that can be. Right, right. So that, and you know, you can be flexible unless there's some peer interaction that's highly damaging in a group situation. I'm, I mean, that's you as a parent can figure out ways to have some good exposure. We, we don't have to be in a monastery. For sure. Yeah. What if my husband does not support homeschool? I get this question a lot where the mom really wants to homeschool mm-hmm. and sees all the benefits, but the dad's like not on board because a lot of times the reason I see is, well, homeschool kids I knew growing up were weird mm-hmm. or they're not going to get these opportunities to do sports and activities because mm-hmm. there's this separation in the state. You can't. Mm-hmm. So those are a lot of reasons. What would you say to like a marriage that had mm-hmm. that? About the same thing I would say just a minute ago about children who don't like it. Uh-huh. To sit down very gently and just, you know, ask them to help you understand the con- concerns. Help me understand, babe what there is about this that seems a little bit um, doesn't really sit well or might be a little difficult. And you might be surprised what comes up. It could be something just like, you know what, it takes all this energy from you. And so now you can't really be as fun of a wife. 
because you've got your nose to the grindstone. And I feel that and I'm sensing that and it feels like our marriage isn't as secure. It could be something like that. It, and so just really listen to his heart. And it is if you have a good relationship with your spouse, um, then they'll talk about their feelings and they won't just say superficial stuff like, you know, well, they might not be able to get into college. Well, right. instead of staying on that level. Now, see, the, here's the counselor and me coming out. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Mm. Instead of staying on the level of the subject, okay, they won't be able to get in college. And they go round and round about right. college. Yes, you can. No, they can't. Yeah. Yes, they can't. Well, look, here's the documentation. Well, right. I don't care. See, that's a never ending argument. And like every argument with a spouse, this is very important to know. Every argument with a spouse, if you stay up on that superficial level of, I call it, he said, she said, mm -hmm. you're right, you're wrong. You will never get anywhere. Okay. What you have to do, somebody has to invite the other person down into those core feelings and say, what's, what's the concern? What's the worry? What's the, what's the fear? What's the, what's, what seems tough about this? Now, men as a group do not like to ever admit that they have fears or sometimes even concerns. They're like, I'm not, I don't have any fears. So be careful of that word with your husband. That might actually, he might kind of back up and open his eyes like, no, I'm not afraid of anything, right? That's okay. Um, just invite him to talk about his feelings. What are some of the feelings that um, come to you when you think about your child in homeschool? Do you have some concerns that they'll be rejected socially? Do you have some concerns that they may not attain academically what, what you would like? Does it, what, what is it? Well, yeah, I don't want that, 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 that. Okay. So maybe there's a little feeling of anxiousness there. There's a little feeling of overwhelm. There's, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. And help them start talking about those feelings. Um, and then you can actually address the feelings. It's like, okay, if we're feeling anxious that our child isn't um, going to be socially accepted, what would be things that we could do that would both um, meet our needs? I really want to feel connected to my child with homeschool and you feel anxious, they're going to be rejected. So what are some, and it's, and it's basically collaborative problem solving. Again, we need to have a podcast on collaborative yes, problems. Yes, that's a good idea. I love that. Those are some really good tips. I've had no issues with, my husband has always been really on board with homeschool. He thinks it's awesome. It's an awesome lifestyle as well as education for the kids, all sorts of things. But I know a lot of people have outside people that you can't sit and have a collaborative conversation with, mm -hmm. right? Like in-laws or mm -hmm. friends or family mm -hmm. members mm -hmm. that are like, this is crazy. Why are you doing this? Or they'll come and quiz your kid and you're like, my, you know, <laughs> to make sure you're, they're learning everything they should be learning. And how would, you know, I think that's something a lot of moms deal with mm -hmm. is like, how do we deal with this negativity about homeschool mm -hmm. because it's outside of the mainstream Another one that can be hard is you if you have an ex-spouse, mm, sure, even yeah. if you have custody, but the Homeschooling Legal Defense Association, they do a really good job of helping you to assert your rights as the custodial parent or yeah. mm -hmm, they're really wonderful. And so same with the legal, mm -hmm. the, the state laws. So mm -hmm. just go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you become a member, then they actually will provide legal services to you. They'll um, you can consult with them and they have an attorney that you can talk to about these issues and they'll go to bat for you. It's pretty great. So if you have some of those heavy duty issues, like with 
you know, an ex-spouse or things that you're just not doing well with, sign up. It's the hundred bucks and they're, they really are there for you. I found that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of the negativity, I think you just have to be confident in what you're doing Mm -hmm. and, you know, just know this is what I'm doing. And then Mm -hmm. when you start to see some of those amazing things happen during homeschool, it gives you more and more confidence. I found just once I started doing it and I'm like, no, this is amazing. I don't care what other people are saying. Well, another thing. Yeah. And another thing too is, um, Put your child's accomplishments on display. Mm-hmm. Have a bulletin board. Mm-hmm. Have their best math paper up there. Have their best handwriting. Have their, you know, um, a, a picture of their science project. Um, you know, just have all these things. It's amazing how fast that bulletin board will just be like a, a mass of, of accomplishments. And take a picture. Send it to send it to people who are doubting and mm-hmm. and say, look, this is this is what they've done in three weeks. And videos of your child doing their recitations Mm -hmm. or doing their math facts, send that video to your mother-in-law and say, Hey, we're having so much fun doing this. Those kind of um, documentation, even if it's like a, not a performance, it's just like, this is their favorite book. Right. Something that simple. Right. But is important. Right. I like that. That a lot of times, you know, you don't even think about that. Right. But if you think about what's happening, you walk through a a traditional school, their hallway, they've always got art and everything on it. And that's their way of saying, see, we're not doing nothing in here. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's it. So you can do the same thing. That's cool. That's a good idea. How do I, another question I get a lot is how do I juggle housework, my regular work with homeschool? Like how can I take that on as a mom? And that one is, it's kind of tricky, but I mean, it's just kind of about, for me, it's about, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to prioritize you know, homeschool is a priority over having a perfectly organized laundry room, right? Mm-hmm. I have a day where I do that, but it's not going to be constantly perfect or, you know, that kind of thing. I, yeah, home, homeschool is not for the OCD. Yeah, that's a good, that's it, a quote right there. We should put that. Homeschool is not for the OCD. And and because you're dealing with littles and yeah. children and, and you simply, OCD can take up every moment in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Really, you just have to, if you have a little bit of that tendency and you feel like it's interfering with your life, yeah, this is what you, you want to work on the OCD and not try to just keep juggling, juggling, juggling. You can just get to prioritize and let things go. It's like, man, my little child is more important than, um, you know, I, I've got dirt on my kitchen floor, you know? Right. So what? For sure. Yeah. Is there any other questions on here? I mean, I feel like we've done a lot of good ones. Did we cover the, I feel like we kind of covered some of them with our. What about, do I have to keep records? Yeah, that's kind of the legal, the state laws and Mm -hmm. the homeschool legal defense website has every state on there and what you have to do. Mm -hmm. I always, they always recommend to give the very least amount of information possible. Mm -hmm. Don't over share Mm -hmm. because sometimes that's not going to help. Right. can be worse. Right. Right. For sure. And, um, and sometimes the records for like attendance or what we've done, I literally just have my schedule and I just check it off mm-hmm. my, my lesson schedule. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I would turn in. Right. It's just checked off. But you don't have to turn anything in. It depends what state you're in. Oh, it depends what state you're in. Like I know Massachusetts, you have to turn a bunch of stuff in Wow. like entire projects that you do. They like have someone, you know, but then in Utah and Texas, there's absolutely nothing. And right. And I know here in Kentucky, Kentucky they cannot no- make, yeah, the, yeah, they've had 
they've had court decisions they cannot yeah. um, so it really depends the state front some mm-hmm. states are really friendly and some are not mm-hmm. most are on the more friendly side i feel mm-hmm. like but mm-hmm. so you just have to be careful about um where you are mm-hmm. right and then um how about how do i transition from mass schooling to homeschooling i think mm-hmm. that's a really important one because that's a very important period first off you don't let the administrators manipulate you into thinking your kid has to stay (laughs) just kidding but yeah I think it's a big transition it's a big change Mm -hmm. for parent and child Mm -hmm. it it is and so just to have some downtime just don't 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 try to just you know the next day put him into your super structured homeschool situation just don't for sure take a couple of weeks at least maybe even three weeks and not have them on screens okay that's that's counterproductive yeah but just have them hanging around the house a little bit bored and doing a few little things you like together maybe you read maybe you go out to the park together you know try to reestablish your bond your personal relationship before you start cracking the whip on the projects That's super important because if your child has been in a traditional situation where they've been gone from you seven hours a day, then just getting to know each other again is kind of a big deal. So if you can take those two or three weeks and try to have some positive interaction where they can um, really kind of reattach to you even more, um, then, then you're set up better to ease into the homeschool schedule again. Don't do your homeschool first day of school like first day of traditional school. Don't ramp everybody up and and put pressure on just the first day of school. Maybe all you do is you sit at the table and you take out the book. You open up the book. Yay. And now you open up the next book. Yay. Now we run outside. Yay. Now we yay. Don't don't just say this is going to be the schedule. Right. It's the process. Right. And yep. So that's that's a good way to transition. Right. And I like to only when we do actually start school only have like two days in the week and then we get a weekend. So it's yes. not too much. That's right. You don't start on Monday morning. Yeah. Right. Monday I love that one. Is- yep. That's so important. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, these are, these are really good. I, I think we've covered a lot of great things. Um, as far as juggling housework and, and that, I, I think one of the strengths of homeschooling is instead of mom doing all the housework, yeah. those kids, those ki- you're training those children to work right with you. And that's actually a key for attachment is don't assign them, say, okay, you go upstairs and do this and you go downstairs and do that. And I'll be on the main level doing this. Don't do that. I mean, you can, but as much as you can work together. And so you're in the same room. Okay. So Bobby, you're picking up the trash. Um, Jill, you're wiping down the counters, but you're in the same room. Because that helps children not feel like they're being punished and isolated with work. It's a social, it's a relational thing. You're relating to each other. And and so that's a real key with your housework, with homeschools. Include the children and try to be in the same room. I always like to. I think my mom did this. That's why I do it. But we'd always turn on a certain music when we cleaned. Yeah, exciting music. Certain music. And so we would, and we like to listen to it Mm -hmm. and... That would kind of get you in the cleaning mode. Mm-hmm. So that was always fun. Right. And then there's, we could talk a whole podcast about that, how to make work really fun for kids. But to gamify it, there's different ways to gamify it. Sure. And yeah. My kids sure. really like when I do the time-lapse video. So I'll set up <laughs> the phone as a time-lapse video. That's brilliant. I'll say, let's do it. And, you know, then we get to watch the video at the end. <sighs> um, one of my friends on Instagram did that and I've started doing it and they love it. And then once we're done, we all sit around and watch the room magically get clean right. and they love it. Oh, 
Uh, that is brilliant. So, that's fun. Brilliant. Wow. Anyways, there's so many ideas. Oh, and, so great. and if anyone has any questions, you can follow us on Instagram. Follow me at Dash Into Learning mm-hmm. and just message me there. Mm-hmm. And we could do a whole other Q&A, another, mm-hmm. you know, in a couple months or whatever. When yeah, we the, get more questions. The nice thing about this is that you have access to people that are in the trenches and have been there, done it for 20 years, yeah. 30 years. And it that long term view is really, really important. Yeah. Plus this, you know, the psychological uh, training of, of what I can offer as a counselor, a trained counselor to kind of uh, approach it, not from a superficial uh, behavioral point of view, but from a real, um, you know, attachment point of view, meeting their core needs point of view, which is really what homeschool has the opportunity to be. Don't miss that opportunity. Right. It's really neat. I think, I think we've got a good mix here of um, perspectives and I hope that you guys have had some new ideas that can help you Mm -hmm. in your homeschool year. Yes. All right. Till next time. See ya. Okay. Bye. Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash Into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy sites and podcasts is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional, medical, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergencies. Joan Landis, Amelia Murdoch are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash Into Happy, Dash Into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.